0: Jess, you know how facialists and derms are always telling us that the skin on our body deserves the same attention as the skin on our face? Well, Sol de Janeiro is giving me the inspiration to actually follow that advice for once. The Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is basically clinically proven skincare and body cream that smells amazing.
2: The fact that the Beige Flor Elastic Cream smells so good and it's really effective makes it a perfect two-in-one for me.
0: Totally. The scent would be enough to keep me going, but the Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is also packed with some seriously effective skincare ingredients. There's hold press. Cacay Oil. I've also been using the cream on my neck and chest, which is an area that could use some love, but to be honest, I wasn't really inspired to treat it before. However, since I've been using this, I've noticed a big difference. Plus, get this, Sol de Janeiro also did a third-party study of the Beige Flor Elastic Cream and found it improved the appearance of crepiness
2: on consumers' chest skin in just two weeks. It's the smell for me, though, Jen. You can layer the Elastic Cream with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 Perfume Mist. You know the scent. It smells so good. It's got pink dragons fruit, lychee essence, vanilla, sun musk, Mm-mm-mm. sheer, you can spray it whenever you want, wherever you want, on your hair, your clothing, your body, there's no rules.
0: And we have some great news. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldegenero.com and free shipping with the code Mascara10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, SoldeJanero.com. and use the code Mascara10 for 10% off. Go!
2: Hey everyone, it's Fat Mascara. I'm Jess. Hi, Jess. Hi, everyone. I'm Jen. So you talk to Ozzy.
0: <laughs> Let's get right into it. That's right. It's Friday. We've got an
2: interview for you. How much do you love a fragrance chat? I'm so excited for this. She's just, really talented.
0: When I tell you, I'm not. I'm not finished. When I tell you like I think this woman has like a weird sixth sense. I feel like she's like a white witch of perfume. I get Ooh. such every time I talk to her I feel like this is why she's a good perfumer because she just reads the room and the people. She's got a little magic about her. She's a British perfume designer who remembers Agent Provocateur the fragrance. Uh, Jess hands, is up, her name. hands up. My hands up. She created that one. That was like one of her first blockbusters. She now has her own company, A Perfumer Story. I got connected with her. I actually should call this out. I just did a story for the December issue of Allure about how actors use fragrance to help them get into character. So she was one of my sources because she makes bespoke fragrances for actors for particular projects. And when I chatted with her for that story, I was like, "You need to come on the podcast. Every the fam is going to love you." So that's what this is. This is my conversation with Asie. So it's just me and her. Jess is there vicariously, right? Jess,
2: vicariously in spirit,
0: in spirit, in fragrance spirit. So I thought it was also timely. I don't know. There's something about fragrance that makes me feel very festive, and here we are getting into festive season. So I hope you all enjoy it. Ozzy, hi. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Fat Mascara.
1: Hey, Jen. Hi. How are you? It's good to see you again. I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. Very excited.
0: Me too. So I know we've chatted before, but I want to bring my listeners up to speed a little bit about who you are and what you do. Let's start back and talk about when you first realized you wanted to be a perfumer. Do you remember when that was? What, how did you figure that out?
1: You know that wasn't it wasn't an industry or a profession that I'd even heard of when I was younger, and I it's something that was discovered, and I and I the interesting thing is when I look back on it I was always you know making perfumes like all children probably were collecting rose petals and and making perfumes always collecting my mum's lipstick containers when she'd finished with them her lipstick cases and her powder cases because I love the smells of the 1970s old waxy lipstick notes. And -hmm. I was discovered, actually, when I was about my early 20s, I was actually sort of looking for perfume because I'd invented a product which was, it was, do you remember the old potpourri, the fragrance potpourri back in the day, in the late 80s, where you would scent your houses? So I came up with an idea of, which was the next thing that came after that, was scented rocks. So I needed to buy perfume from somewhere. So in terms of the little knowledge that I had of perfume, I just looked at the back of a perfume bottle and says Made in Paris. So I thought, OK, well, you know, I'll go to Paris and get some, see where perfume comes from. And so it was really, it was very kind of something that was totally undiscovered. And then I, a perfume house in the UK contacted me because they'd read an article in Cosmopolitan about me creating these new, scented rocks and how brilliant they were and interesting so i went to go visit them and uh the ceo was was around the building and he said you know i think i reminded him of his late brother who was a big perfumer and he said we'd love to get your nose tested have you ever had your nose tested and i thought well well no and the thought of having doing a test was frightening and uh, he said, "Well, it won't take you. Know, it's an hour and a half long." It's uh, and I thought, "Oh my god, that sounds ex- you know intensive." So I I did do this perfume test, and they they said, "You know, it's one of the best results we've ever had." You have got a great nose. You know, would you ever consider joining the perfume industry? So that's kind of really where it started. And and I have to say, when I started when I did join the industry, it was it wasn't quite as I had imagined. It was a lot of white coats, and everything was quite marketing led or technically led, as opposed to Perfumery creatively led in terms of the the vision that I had, so I th- I think I was a bit of a rebel in the industry. Yeah. Sort of, kind of, they were. Well, what about doing it this way, or you know, just kind of opening up those creative doors and breaking down some of the boundaries that existed in the industry so not to necessarily follow the trends but to create the trends.
0: Yeah, let's back up. Two big things though here. Can I back up here? Yeah, of course. You invented scented rocks like it was it was wood shavings. I remember it was these horrible little like it looked like your hamster's bedding, <laughs> exactly, right? And it was yep. and you and I know the scented rocks you're talking about they're like a porous and it was much
1: more chic. You were one of the first to do that? Exactly. They 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 come from the uh, south of Italy. They, it's uh, from vulca- volcanic rocks. And they've got a great uh, porosity. Yeah. Exactly. And it holds the perfume very, very well. And it permeates the scent in room, you know, ex- uh, better than the wood shaving chips did. And they looked, they were much more sophisticated. Yeah. Okay, you are a rebel. <laughs> So it was it was fun, and then changing things up exactly. And then when I when I launched my first perfume, it kind of came from working in, in the behind the scenes in the industry the nineties where everything looked the same, smelt the same. And I think I was just getting a bit bored. Where I'm not going to mention any any names as such, but where uh, you know, certain perfumes wanted to say, well, you know, we we wanted to smell like this, look like this. Everything looked and smelt the same. And I thought, no, we've got to leave the market. We can't, you know, uh, you know we've got to kind of fragrance smell has to be match your personality and style every brand is different every person is different so when I my first perfume I created was agent provocateur in 2000 22 years ago I think now yeah and uh, it was in and uh, of course you know most perfumes are in glass bottles and I always wanted my first perfume to be in a porcelain bottle, so it was very hard and tricky to do. But it was it went straight to number one, and it was very successful. But the scent itself was was it totally reflect, reflected the the brand, which is sexy, provocative, and confident. And the trends at the time were very light and watery. I think if you remember the nineties of you know CK one and Issey Miyake, etc. The ozonic type notes, and out pops this very expensive, womanly, powerful scent, which was Agent provocateur. It was really very, very popular. I think people just embrace the fact that there was some a change, a different direction in the industry finally.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about some more of the scents you've created and how you're a leader there, but backing up to this fragrance evaluation quiz, I feel like I've talked to some perfumers who say to be a perfumer, you don't necessarily have to be a better smeller just like a really, have a really good memory. But the quiz, the the evaluation that you did, was that to see if you could be an evaluator
1: or perfume creator? Like what, what test were they giving you? They were quite vigorous tests, actually. You have to test your notes in terms of, one is to identify different notes. So you have different family of notes like green and animalic or woody or musk or ambery floral fresh herbs citrus etc so it's to one is to identify the, the the different categories and family of fragrance and then you have to then dissect that into uh-huh. the the different accords and the notes so oh and you already could do this without formal training well it was it, it, a lot of it at the beginning was just it was a test it just just go with your instincts so I mean, I had no preconceptions of what what I was going into, but I just thought, well, okay, well, you know, that smells mm. green to me, or that was citrus, fruity, or whatever it was. And then they would also sort of ask you to to look at the different strengths. You know, which one would it be A, B, or C would be the strongest, the the um, which which note would you find mm. more stronger and lighter, etc.? So it gives you an idea of the longevity of an ingredient and its notes. So when you're formulating a perfume, it's one is to kind of create the concept concept of the actual fragrance and the story that you're telling but also you want the perfume to last Mm -hmm. and it must be fine-tuned so you don't have like notes sticking out so it kind of has this like nice velvety smooth fine fragrance that's then composed and created from the ingredients that you choose.
0: Right. And after you took this test and you realized, okay, I might, or they realized even you had talent, did you then have formal training where you went through perfumery school or did you go down to Grasse? How did it work for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I went to Paris quite frequently actually, but you got trained by, uh, in those days you get trained by a perfumer and it was, it was more sort of to do with the actual house itself, internal, uh, internal l- uh, learning, which is good because you kind of, you're, you're in a way thrown into the deep end, but at the same time you're learning all about it and also the technicalities in terms of the gas chromatography of when you're looking at identifying and creating different scents that smell similar to a natural note the smell of well, one of the uh, first memories I've ever had is the smell of rain on earth and when I was asked to create the smell of Britain for when David Cameron was in power I recreated the smell of, of rain as it hits the pavements. 'cause it kinda of rains here a lot. <laughs> Wait who asked you to create
0: the smell of Britain? This is crazy. This is a huge story. What was that project? That
1: was for when well, it was it was part of the Great Festival of Britain, which was the great it was a uh, great yeah, Great Festival of Britain. I think it's called the great creativity so it's basically identifying how you know many creatives come out of britain etc so so david cameron was a prime minister at the time and he built an alliance of you know creatives in fashion in film and i was in fragrance and beauty etc and he asked a couple of perfumers for britain i was one joe malone was another perfumer as well that was asked to create our ideas of the scent of britain I think she did the scent of rose and I, and I did the scent of rain as it hits earth because whenever I – and it was all about to build alliances with global entities mm-hmm. in different countries. So the presentation, the first uh, – so when, when I created the scent, we did the first drop was Istanbul. And I mean, people loved it because I mean, everyone sort of laughed a bit because they said, "Oh my God, you know, we were they weren't expecting that it to be rain on Earth." But I think everyone I totally identified mm-hmm. with it because it, you know, whenever you speak to somebody in America or anyone, they say, "Oh, how's the weather there? Is it raining? Is it grey, wet, and <laughs> the usual?" Yeah. Uh, and in fact, it is raining here as well, by the way, as I speak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what is the, What is that smell? How do you describe its people like, oh my God, smell? i
1: can't wait to send you i'm going to send you a vial john you're going to love it in fact i'm going to I'm launching a candle soon, okay. and i'll send you that when it when it when we have uh, produced it, but it literally smells of exactly so when you but when you're burning the candle, it almost feels like it's quite humid, so you know the humidity that it, a rainstorm gives. So it's quite electrifying yeah. it's there's something quite very passionate about the scent as well but it is literally the identical smell of rain on pavements it smells it's got it's got muddy notes in there it's got green grass notes it's fresh but it's 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 earthy at the same time it's even got the note of when hot rain hits the, co- the co- when cold rain hits the hot pavements you know the steam comes up Ooh, a bit
0: yeah i know
1: it <laughs> It's really uh, what, a, what a fun project, <laughs> thank you. It was fun it was really, it was I enjoyed doing that very, very much and i I think I particularly just loved everyone's reaction when they smell it. in fact, I can't, you must, you must call me immediately when you smell it you're gonna love it
0: well, side note, I know you sent me your fragrance C from a perfumer' story, so I've given samples to a couple of people. everybody who smells that just laughs out loud first, and then they like. <laughs> It brings up memories of like nights yeah. out in the club or whatever it is. Yeah, but it's the same kind of reaction. Like I kid you not, multiple people have just looked at me and laughed when yeah. they smelled it <laughs> they knew what it
1: was. It's funny. Yeah, and then have you um, have you seen the reaction it gets you after you wear it? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's addictive. It is addictive, exactly. So the whole idea is not to, to take it but to wear it. <laughs>
0: Of course. Of course. So you got into from working on Agent Provocateur and like a a big brand, marketing driven, you were doing retail fragrances. When did you start to shift your career into the world of
1: personal creations like the ones we just talked about, but Bespoke Perfumery as well? So Bespoke Perfumery started about 15 years ago, I think now. And originally it started with Kylie Minogue, actually who had contacted me because she was a big... She wore Agent Procoteur and she was a big fan. She wanted to meet the perfumer behind it. So I actually went to her house for dinner, which was lovely. And she's adorable, you know. I mean, beautiful, very hardworking, highly Were you intelligent. you I don't
0: know. You yeah, work with a lot of celebrities, but...
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of... Was I just had a baby, so I was a little bit panicked about leaving my one year old at the same time. But she made you feel very mm-hmm. comfortable. She had a glass of champagne in her hand. I'm thinking, oh my God, that's perfect. So we had a really mm. good chat, and I ended up doing a bespoke scent for her, which she absolutely adores and loves. And she actually had it as part of her exhibition that she did at the Victorian Albert Museum, which is a retrospective on Kylie. So that was really great fun. Mm-hmm. And then I, my first actress and actor that I worked with was Helena Bonham Carter. And that was when I started to work originally with getting them into roles in their film, film roles. And then the first actor was Johnny Depp. In fact, they, I worked with both of them on a film together, which was created, uh, directed by Tim Burton, Dark Shadows. And I had previously, I'd already created for Helena... Fragrances for when well, she played Enid Blyton and Bellatrix uh-huh. as Harry Potter. And for this particular role, she wasn't s- smelling great because it's got to be real, of course. It has. To, it's just like, it's the same thing, you know, as a, uh, you, you have to look the part. So it depends on what era or what the concept, what the styling is. The scent has to also get you into the role, like method acting. So she was playing an alcoholic... Chain smoking, psychiatrist based in the nineteen seventies, and and I said, okay, so what are you drinking? She said a whiskey, bourbon, straight. Practically in every scene, how much do you smoke? Chain uh-huh. smoke, whole time. I've got a cigarette in my hand, and Helena doesn't drink whiskey and smoke cigarettes, so I literally gave her <laughs> the the smell of that, and she she well, she she just she said, oh my god, it's amazing. She said, I'm on set at six a.m. and everyone's like thinking, what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> they just thought that you know <laughs> she really had taken this seriously.
0: <laughs> she hit the bottle. She, she was up all night, or hit the bottle. Well, but before we get into these movie roles, though, the one for Kylie was a personal fragrance that you made for her, right? At you know not having to do with her role. Yes. And then you started doing the movie.
1: So yeah. So I started first with Helena yeah. doing the movies, but then I also did Helena's own personal bespoke fragrance as well, which is her own. I mean, they get given lots of perfumes from brands, et cetera, but they want to smell individual. They want to have their own unique legacy of scent, which they can, you know, have forever. And people say, what are you wearing? She gets so many comments. She texts me saying the taxi driver, just, oh my God, what are you wearing? That's amazing. And she says, oh, this is my own Helena scent. <laughs> and Johnny Depp has his well, own What's the process like too. for that? Not the,
0: yeah. What do you do with Johnny and Helena and all of your other bespoke clients that might not be famous people? Like you sit down and interview them. Is there a quiz? How do you do it?
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of like a fun therapy session, really. And you do get to know them and hang out <sighs> with them, which, which is fun. Because, you know, if you think about it, sort of everyone has two personalities. You have one that you portray to the outside world, you know, that this is who I am. And this is the way that I look, the way I have my hair makeup, etc. And then you have a your inner personality that you want to bring out to those that you, you get close to, family, loved ones, etc. But that doesn't come out necessarily straight away. So I kind of have to identify both of them together because this is a fragrance I said that you're going to be wearing for a long time and it's something that you have to feel really comfortable in your own skin. It's like second skin. So it's in a way I'm I'm capturing their personality their character and their style in a formulation. It's a bit, a bit like a, their DNA print, but through my nose. So it's their scent DNA.
0: Are they smelling anything? Like, because sometimes, you know, there's these bespoke, sort of pseudo bespoke perfumeries where they're like, you smell a bunch of accords and you figure out you're a watery floral and they tweak it a little and you get a watery floral. Do you ever have them smell anything like that or it's more based on personality?
1: I'm definitely not one of those standard. Uh, you get a completely different experience <laughs> with me. I'm, it's it's serious as well, you know, because they're spending money and they want to have the real proper real deal. It's watery. It, I, it does. To be honest with you, it doesn't really interest me whether they they like the smell of jasmine or rose. You know, when you're making a perfume, it contains lots of different ingredients, and for example if you just say you like rose, but you can, rose is an ingredient that can be very pretty, pretty and floral and lovely. And then if you mix it with say, oud and saffron and vetiver, it can suddenly become quite dark and dangerous and passionate. So I kind of, I, I, I'm all about telling the unique story of their personifying them into their scent bubble. And, So when I regardless
0: of what those notes might be,
1: yeah, because when you smell it, you can't even even identify sometimes the ingredients. That's the magic of my formulations. You know, they're not. It's not about being identified in terms of oh, it's a fresh fruity floral. You know, I'm not doing a um, a mass market perfume scent. It's it's something that's it's a bit like an you know artist. Painting something mm-hmm. that is going to be unique and different, and you spend time in doing that as well. But also, you're telling their story. And it's got to be something that they are happy with, and they're in, you know a lot. Of, everyone's intelligent. They want to have. They come to me because they know that I'm going to do that for them. They don't know what they want. Either it's not it's, it's it's very subjective scent and it's it's quite a tricky subject because it's not something that you can see or touch. It's an emotion, so it has to. Yeah. So you know, I can feel it and see it. But Helena calls me her white witch because she just says, "You just know." I mean, it's hard to when she introduces me to some of her friends. Sometimes she just says, "You know, got to go to Asie because she'll she'll just." Should just get it right, and no, and it's it's just something that I think you, I've always probably had inside me. Something that I didn't even realise that you have that kind of power of the nose, but the power of the nose is is a powerful tool. Believe me, Azzy, <laughs> do you do you think you're a bit psychic? Maybe I, it's hard to say because I always I wonder what's what psychic means sometimes. But I think I think a lot of people can be psychic when you're you know, I am very soulful and in touch with my subconscious and I'm very interested in people. I love people. I love the way their brains work and the way you move. And And I remember even when I first met with you when we were doing the interview you know I was fascinated by your style the way that you moved the way that you taught the way you thought about things before you said things and then then sort of knowing maybe what the next thing was going to be that you were then going to say but it was it's it's something that you know it's a feeling that you get and it's it's all about being interested in in your subjects and and that's something that I think I've always been very interested in.
0: Jess, you know how facialists and derms are always telling us that the skin on our body deserves the same attention as the skin on our face. Well, Sol de Janeiro is giving me the inspiration to actually follow that advice for once. The Sol de Janeiro Beija Flor Elastic Cream is basically clinically proven skincare and body cream that smells amazing.
2: The fact that the Beija Flor Elastic Cream smells so good and it's really effective makes it a perfect two in one for me.
0: Totally. The scent would be enough to keep me going, but the Sol de Janeiro Beija Flor Elastic Cream is also packed with some seriously effective skincare ingredients. There's hold press cacae oil. I've also been using the cream on my neck and chest, which is an area that could use some love, but to be honest, I wasn't really inspired to treat it before. However, since I've been using this, I've noticed a big difference. Plus, get this, Sol de Janeiro also did a third-party study of the Beige Flor Elastic Cream and found it improved the appearance of
2: crepiness on consumers' chest skin in just two weeks. It's the smell for me, though, Jen. You can layer the Elastic Cream with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 Perfume Mist. You know the scent. It smells so good. It's got pink dragon fruit, lychee essence, vanilla, sun musk, Mm-mm-mm. sheer, you can spray it whenever you want, wherever you want, on your hair, your clothing, your body. There's no rules.
0: And we have some great news. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejaneiro.com and free shipping with the code Mascara10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, Soldejaneiro.com and use the code Mascara10 for 10% off. I don't know if the invitations have started coming in for you, but we're about to enter what I like to call "What kind of underpinnings should I wear to your wedding?" Season. That's right. We probably all have some cute new dresses for weddings and events coming up this spring, and I'll tell you what needs to go under them: Honey Love. I am not about to squeeze my way through another person's wedding in uncomfortable shapewear that rolls up. I got the Honey Love Super Power Short. Full disclosure: I also wore it on New Year's Eve because I had on sequins and I wanted everything to lay smooth. And that's what Honey Love does. The Super Power Shorts have targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X, targets and sculpts without squeezing your curves, and you won't have to worry about the waist rolling down thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. The Honeylove Super Power Short also gives your butt a nice lift. The shorts have these built-in boost bands that give everything a subtle, comfortable, let's just say boost. We're not talking unbelievable plastic surgery levels of butt lifting, just a little zhuzh. And as you know, Honeylove has more than just sculpt wear. They have Incredibly comfortable bras. How many times have Jess and I talked about the bras? They also have tanks, leggings, everything you need for everyday support. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save twenty percent off at HoneyLove.com/mascara. Use our exclusive link to get twenty percent off. HoneyLove.com/mascara. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them that we sent you. HoneyLove.com/mascara. Move with confidence thanks to HoneyLove.
2: Guys, I have to admit, I like a little bit of luxury, but I don't want to just buy one luxurious item. I want to buy several things. And that's where Quince comes in. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. So I can buy a couple of things.
0: Yeah, you don't like a little bit of luxury. You like a lot of bit of luxury. Okay, it is a
2: lot. I guess you're right, you're right.
0: Load up your cart, though. At Quince, it's totally fine. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk. They partner direct with top factories, so they cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings along to you and us and me. For example, I mean, how many things have I bought from Quince? My latest acquisition is the European linen sheet set. I wanted to jump on that whole linen sheet trend. I want to just feel like Cleopatra. And they have so many great colors. It's breathable, feels luxurious, but doesn't cost luxury prices.
2: Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash fat mascara. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash fat mascara.
0: Yeah, if you're really empathetic, sometimes that can read to other people as a little bit psychic, I I get it. Do people surprise you, though? Have you ever gotten it wrong? Like, you think they're one thing, you make them a and it's totally off base?
1: Yeah, you know, one, there was uh, Tom Hardy, actually. I met with Tom, and... I thought he was definitely Mr. Vetiver, which is one of my collections, which um, which Jude Law wears. Jude is definitely Mr. Vetiver; it's true, and he's always been Mr. Vetiver. he buys it all the time. But Tom Hardy, you know, he's alpha male. I mean, he ticked all the right boxes. It's it's James Bond, and I'm sure he was up for that role as well. Yeah. So it wasn't that I was completely off. But And I gave it to him, and he said, he goes, oh, he said, I love it, it's great. He said, but the one I want is I just want the one that you wear. I like your smell. So, which is sequoia wood. You know, I wear sequoia wood. Uh-huh. Did, you get a, did you get a bottle of sequoia wood? I can't remember.
0: I do. I love it. Just so listeners know, you sent me C, which we talked about briefly before, and sequoia wood, both of which are very different, yet both so me. Sequoia wood, I was describing, I actually talked about it on the podcast, is like, it had this rummy quality for me, like almost like a cognac-y kind of wood. Like it mm. was much... I I kept saying maroon bubble and my co-host was like what does maroon bubble mean? I was like I can't describe it it's a maroon bubble. How do you describe that scent?
1: Well you know you you you're right actually in a way. I mean this is where you I know I knew that you were you're good with scents and you've got a good nose. Because sequoia wood is the most sensual of woods. It's juicy wood. Sandalwood is an oily wood. Cedarwood is a dry wood. Guaiac wood is that polished wood. Now sequoia wood, which is the red trees that you get in Colorado and California, where the 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 wood it's 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 deep, and you just keep smelling it, and it gets there's a juiciness to it. So that's probably why you're getting that kind of hmm. sexy undertones of you could say cognac, or some people even say a little bit kind of chocolatey, but not. I mean, I for me, it's it's like it is that redwood. It's like a passionate wood note that comes through that just kind of gives it, without being pretty, pretty. I don't like pretty floral scents for me. I like to be sexy, but I want to be kind of in a very mysterious manner. And Sequoia Wood gives you that,
0: mm-hmm. which I
1: think is, I think that's your everyday scent.
0: And what about Tom Hardy? Is that his everyday scent?
1: Yeah. So he loves Sequoia Wood. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the only one that I have ever probably got it wrong. I mean, I remember when I worked with Cindy Crawford, this was a wait, hard one. Ozzy, I have to yeah. tell you a story. I've
0: quick, wait, quick story. I know there's a delay with our recording, so sorry if I interrupted you. So the day after I got married or engaged, my husband had to go to England to interview Tom Hardy. I kid you not, this is the only, this happened. And And Tom Hardy's like, wait, you just got engaged to your fiance. Now you're here interviewing me. Let me make her a video. This is so weird. I don't have a video from any celebrity in the world except Tom Hardy sends me this video saying, congrats on getting engaged to you know Eric. I'm here with him. I'll send him back to you in two days. It's Aww. just this random video of Tom Hardy. <laughs> here you are talking about passion and love. It was the most passionate week of my life. I just got engaged. And somehow Tom Hardy is in that story for me. And then here it's weirdly connected with this fragrance in you. I'm telling you, woman, <laughs> there's a psychic note in you, whether you realize it or not. <laughs> yeah. We'll be connected but with
1: together. so many more, I'm sure. Exactly. There'll be more that will come out of this I, conversation. I, I know it was just funny it's I love that It's so sweet of him as yeah. well. Well
0: to get us back on track. Yeah he was it was great. It was a it's a really funny video. I will not make it public because I don't want to embarrass him. But anyway, when you said people don't tend well they do surprise you. He surprised you you didn't get it right on the first try. But you, when you do the movie projects, it's a little bit different, right? It's not just about getting their personality; it's about getting the character, right?
1: Yes, exactly. And you know, I've worked with Jude Law in many films as well. When I worked with him on the Pope, when he did Arthur with the Guy Ritchie film, and and his characters have all been quite different. And I've just recently done a film with him that's releasing next year. Which is a tough one because it's complete to all of his films, but you know he's also very interested. I mean, actors are highly intelligent anyway; they they know their history, they research, so they really can kind of. So when we have our sessions together, we really get involved in telling that story through smell. And I'll and I'll say to them, you know when you're on set, you're going to want to feel like this. The other actors; it's all about how it then. Portrays and reflects on the other actors and the director and everyone else. So there's lots of different facets that come into the equation. Mm-hmm. So they have their own bespoke scent. So you have the Jude Law scent that you know he wears. where well, he he's actually, he actually wears Mr. Vetiver, which is part of the collection because he loves that. So he doesn't have his own bespoke scent as such because he loves that one. But he has all the bespokes that we do for his film roles, and they are you know and they vary depending on what the the character is, of course, that he plays. And as he's got older, they've got tougher. I have to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> they've gotten tougher. Is that what you said? Yeah, they. You know, they, they they've got tougher in terms of. I think because as an actor, sometimes you want to have roles that are, you know, quite hard to do because you've obviously, you know, you want to do you, you want to kind of create your own challenges, don't you, in life? So I think you know they yeah. they want to they they like having these different challenges and. And with, with, with Jude's one where he, he'll be playing Henry VIII, I can't wait to watch that when that comes out. You know, he didn't smell too good at all because, of, of course, it, it was without going too much into detail because you'd have to watch the film. But we'd have to have a, a little a podcast mm. just before it comes out. And then I could, because that's a great story of what he smells like, well, actually. <laughs> Henry
0: VIII is a familiar villain to a lot of people in history. We know how, you know, he killed all his wives and had them sent to death. What,
1: yeah and he's kind like of repulsive character in a way in terms of it, in terms of the way he looked and he was big and you know he had and towards the end of his life, which is what the film's based on, you know he had gout and things like that in those days didn't smell great, and you know it's like smell of pus and death and before it's happening and ill sickness and illness you know it it was uh it was tough in those times because they didn't have all the tonics that we have nowadays yeah and
0: that's a movie where you didn't just create it for one actor which I know you do the actors will come to you but you create it for several actors in that movie right
1: yeah I actually worked with the director Carrie Menews, on this one so I ended up doing about 17 different scents in in all for the film because I also did the set wow design sense as well because because it's the set the film is very emotional as well it's very sort of you know it's intense and so you really want to kind of you know Smell and feel it as you're watching it, and also what um, uh, Alicia Vikander plays Catherine in there. So, you know, and and I'd also work with some of the other actors with their different roles characters as well. But yeah, didn't have a long time to work on that, but it was it was a great project and exciting too.
0: Yeah, the set fragrance intrigues me. That was that like. Room pebbles from back in the '90s, like what, or was it like a you created an eau de toilette that they just sprayed around the set? What did it smell like? What was that about?
1: Yeah, I mean, there was you know just different notes if you can imagine. Set in those times, you know, it's, you know there was it was stone cold floors and firewood hmm. burning because they didn't have central heating. Okay, so it was it's very much what they had to cope with and deal with in those times. And the smells that would come out, you know, like wet hay or smoked wood and kind of cold dampness and etc. So disinfectant as well was was something that would be used quite a lot. So it was it was everything was made very very real. Well, certainly with I don't know if all the directors were like that, but he certainly is very you know particular to make things very much as they are or as they were in this case.
0: What was the what disinfectant? would they use in the medieval times? And what did it smell like, do you think?
1: Well, a lot of the ingredients, you know, even nowadays today, but um, pine obviously was a big disinfectant note. They had things like fennel, basil, thyme, rosemary, was a big note for disinfectant, but also in terms of the fighting of viruses and sanitization. So that was like, they were the kind of the, the healing ingredients Eucalyptus, menthol, camphor, etc. Right. Those kind of medicated okay. notes.
0: I get the vibe.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I remember. I don't know if you told you the story, but then you know we talk about bespokes and how challenging they can be. Uh, one of the biggest ones I had was when I worked on Cindy Crawford's bespoke scent because she didn't wear perfume and didn't like perfume particularly, and it was a it was an interesting project because it was uh, her amazing husband is Randy Gerber wanted to create bespoke perfume for her 50, you know, for her birthday. So it was a surprise. And, but when I was then, I said, well, you know, what does she like? What does she normally wear, et cetera? And she so said, well, she doesn't, she doesn't like perfume. That's when we come to you to help us, you know, to uh-huh. get something that she likes. I was thinking, oh my God, right. So then I just wanted to know everything there was to know about because it's also a surprise. I to. I did everything with Randy, but they're very, very close. I mean, honestly and truly. You know, it's a wonderful love story, but it was it was great because I I had to find out her how her life and her style and how she is sort of when she goes to parties or when she's cooking dinner at home or watching, you know, taking the dogs for walks or, you know, going to the park, et cetera. It was, it's the rituals and learning about that. And I just created, so in the end I had two, I couldn't decide between the two, I liked them both, but there were just two formulas that I did and they were like... Is that it? Just two? And I said, yeah. I so I can't wait to decide which one it was. And uh-huh. and actually, it was wonderful because she, she said, well, I want um, Ranch to pick his favourite one when I'm outside of the room, and then I'll pick it. And if and, and we'll see if it's the same. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pressure, know pressure exactly. And they they and it was amazing because they both exactly. I mean, they're so in sync anyway. They both immediately went to. B, then it's definitely B and it's sets her signature scent. She wears it all the time, she loves it. And and I was just you know, I was so delighted. But it was it was one of those challenging and wonderful moments that we see the happiness and joy in their their faces because you literally have no idea.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, fun. she came on our podcast and when we asked her what she wore, she was like, oh, it's bespoke and Randy had it made for me and it's just perfect. And that
1: was the story. <laughs> it's so
0: interesting to hear now the story behind what she told us
1: Oh, and lovely.
0: how you nailed it with like a lot of challenges. It sounds like. It, yeah. Do you find yourself being drawn to certain accords again and again? Like when you start a project, like, okay, I'm going to start with this accord that I love that like always seems to be a nice base. Or is it, perfectly unique for everyone
1: it's really perfectly unique for everyone yeah because mm. I, I don't think i could even even i don't think i've ever even thought about it like that a very interesting question
0: yeah. What about notes that you're drawn to right now? Like, I just feel like as the seasons change in different years, people get, you know, into different things. What are you into right now? Well,
1: you know, I mean, I if, if you look at my, collect, you know, the, the Perfumer's Story collection, I must uh, send you the whole, like, vials of it. Yeah, wait, I should back minutes. up.
0: Why you have a certain number of, of, of fragrances in a Perfumer's Story and some of them have been past projects that you made now available to regular people but what, why did you decide to create a
1: perfumer story i think a lot of i think everyone just said you know as you've, you've created fragrances for different brands fashion designers hollywood actors artists musicians etc when are you going to bring your own you know we want we want to buy your your perfumes you, you know when can we actually commercially buy them ourselves so and everyone used yeah. to love my one that I used to wear, which is the Sequoia with my signature. So which which is one of the best sellers as well. And so I kind of thought, yeah, I had to do it. And and actually a lot of, you know, actor friends were encouraging me to do it. And they helped me a lot in in the making of the perfumer story. Mm-hmm. And I originally launched with Harvey Nichols here in the UK and then we were in Harrods. And now we're very, you know, I have a great partner with Liberty London who are a brilliant match, actually, to us in terms of clientele and everyone. And they really, you know, I did, I've i always had a love for Liberty as a store because it's so beautiful. It's got the heritage. But the reason why I wanted to create it, and a lot of journalists actually said, because they said your approach is so different to other perfumers and other brands where a lot of perfumes are based on notes and fragrance families like floral, fresh, mm-hmm. etc., citrus, etc. Whereas my perfumes are based on people and characters and style, and so I couldn't just launch one perfume. I launched eleven because I wanted to have a a, a a library for them to say, "Well, yes, I am sensual, creative, and edgy. I'm Sequoia Wood, or I am Bohemian, fun-loving, and caring. So I am Twisted Iris, or I am Alpha." You know, alpha male, debonair, and charismatics. Why, Mister Vetiver, or you know, old books is a lo- yeah. another great one. Did they, which are is, those descriptions on the website? They are. So yes, yeah, so, so my frag, so my fam, my fragrance family has been replaced by what is your character and style, and I've got that robot mm. quiz that you mm-hmm. can do, so which helps you decide which fragrance is your DNA match. So you could, do, which is a free quiz that you can just go onto the website and it it you answer the questions. And it's been, you know, it's really hard to kind of create the AI robot because it took over a year to do it because it has to map my brain and my nose and how I would think if I was in front of that person. So there was a lot of backwards yeah. and forwards, but it was worth it. And it, and, it, you know, I get lots of letters and messages from people saying, oh, my God, it's really got, you know, you got me completely right. So it's like a mini bespoke. So if you can't afford the big bespoke, you could, you know, buy something from the collection, which is a, a lot more accessible as well for everybody.
0: Yeah. And then back to the question I was asking, what you're drawn to right now. You referenced a perfumer story, but what were you going to say? What, what are you in the mood for this season? Yes. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, I, you know, I have certain notes that I do love. I love Warm kind of, I I love the base notes. Things you know, frankincense and myrrh and resins, and things that are going to last and skin certain musks as well. I think essential notes are always something that's 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 wonderful to me because also with the base notes they can change the heart and the top of a fragrance quite dramatically as well, the way that they mix. They can warm something up. They can make something stronger. They can make something more enriched. They can make something much more passionate and sexier as well. So Mm -hmm. it really kind of – I start with what character am I going to create today and I sort of then choose all my different ingredients, so like the main characters of them and then all the supporting ingredients, the supporting Mm -hmm. characters then – Make that little story film, which is becomes one of the formulations of a perfume. Have you ever written a book or a movie script? <laughs> that is a very good question as well, because I, I never. I think I've always thought about. I, I always thought about it when I first read *Perfume* by Patrick Susskind. I love that book, and the film was. Mm-hmm. If you if you read the book and then watched the film, I didn't. It wasn't great, but the book is brilliant. And I mean, everyone. Everyone says, "Oh my God, it's just like you." It, except I don't I haven't murdered anyone. Don't intend to murder anyone. But it, <laughs> but in terms of you know, I do go. I do smell. You know, my nose is very sensitive, so I, I can smell people's hair. Sometimes I, I'll know what shampoo they've used, or if they haven't washed it for two weeks, or, or you know, or you know, certain things. I just can't help but do it. I walk down down the road in Camden. You know. And if I go to the nail bar or something, I like all the different smells of the exhaust fumes or the fish and chip shop as you go past, uh-huh. or, you know, the fact, when did they last change the oil? <laughs> I don't know. I start thinking about oh, all sorts yes. of things. <laughs> it's mind boggling. It's, uh, But yes, I am actually in the process of co-writing a film and people have wanting me to do books. It's just like having the time and everything to do this. But I think when I do it, it will be unique and different and something that will come. I mean, you know, it, all books are... Comfort, you know they're all going to be different and all come out of your own story that you have to tell but that will definitely be something in the pipeline for sure definitely will especially having worked with our directors and actors
0: yeah I asked just because I think a lot of perfumers say they approach fragrance creation like storytelling but I feel like a lot of people just say I'm a storyteller and it's lost at the power of the meaning but when you talk about scent I'm like you can't not see that that's storytelling right
1: yeah, exactly, and I think that's one of the reasons why I call the the brand the perfumer story because I'm always telling a story through mm. scents, people's stories, and whether it's a brand, or I, you know, I do a lot with the hotels and the clubs as well. So, which is a big part of the business now. You know, having worked with Andre Balaz, who you know in America through the Chateau Marmont, he has a Chilton Firehouse in London, which is like the the big hotspot, and we created yeah. the fragrance. Oh, it must have been like. I don't know, maybe eight years ago, nine years ago, now I can't remember. And you know that was a great story that we told together, and it's become quite an iconic scent here. Where everyone's just like, "Oh my god, the smell of the Tilton. you know, it's nobody can describe yeah. it. It's just that smell. And the same with the, the main Mayfair. Different Annabelle's has got a different smell, but they but they have different scents because it 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 looks. It's also the feeling when you enter the place and the space and everything else. And and I think i have a candle range and to me it's not only what you smell of what you what you wear yourself personally but for me my home is so important what it smells like i'd love you to come here when you come over to london but when people walk in they're just like wow this smell is amazing because that's my signature home scent and it's so lovely because then they'll send me a message after saying, oh i've gone home and you know my kids have said oh Mum, you smell great and I said, oh, it's always as house <laughs> but you know you some of the molecules stick uh-huh. on your uh clothing as you go get a go home and of it's
2: course.
1: it's so lovely to have compliments and making sure that your home smells good it's, it's also a great sense of well-being especially after the pandemic where everyone was stuck in the house anyway for such a long time And and my bespoke home business went up quite enormously
0: I didn't realize you also did home fragrances which is something my co-host and I love 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 You're a storyteller for home, for person. Azzy, before I let you go, I do this at the end of every podcast interview, a little speed round of five questions. So I I have five just for you if you're if you're up for it.
1: Oh yeah, go for it, definitely.
0: Okay, what's the first fragrance you ever fell in love with? First
1: perfume, you mean or scent? However you want to interpret that question. Okay, I've got can I give you two? Okay, well, well, the first perfume I fell in love with. (laughs) There's a theme with you. Cindy
0: Crawford, (laughs) I'm going to give you two.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So they're both first memories, you know, in different ways. So one was when my mother would, back in the 70s, she'd, you know, my mother and my father would go to parties and she'd put on her false eyelashes and her fur coat and then she'd put on her, spray her perfume on. And she wore Gerivienne by Worth, and it was and it was this wonderful scent. She'd kiss me goodbye and leave, and she'd leave this really expensive perfume smell behind. And mm. I'd be like, oh my god, you know that just smells so rich. Like maybe one day I might even own a bottle of this perfume that you just thought cost a million pounds. That. And when she and I, one thing I used to do, which was a bit weird actually, but um, I used to when they used to leave, I used to always tidy up their dressing table because i just smell all their different aftershaves and perfumes and everything else. And I'd do it my mum's side and then my father's side. So when they'd come back, it yes. all look beautiful for them. <laughs> but that was one of my fondest memories, and 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 I think that and the reason why I'm saying that is because I like that grown-up scent in a way, and that's. I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why I put that grown up scent into Azure Procoteur, because I like creating perfumes in in my collection, Perfumer Story as well, where you walk past and like I do There's Fever 54, which you'll also love, actually, which is based Mm -hmm. on Studio 54 with Bianca Jagger. And as she got Bianca to, to smell it, she just went, oh, my God. So me, I love this, but when you and it's very sophisticated, very mm. beautiful, and you when you walk past, you leave this beautiful veil of expensive, wow, exotic scent behind, and I think I like perfumes to smell expensive and rich, and that's a really important thing for me I just I just you know I'm not into all that kind of the mass smells of a duty free. <laughs> <laughs> perfume uh, space <laughs> that you go to. And then I also really love my other scent, which which I mentioned earlier, actually. But one of my first memories of scent was when I lived in India. I was born in London, but I went to go and live in India between the ages of one and a half to five, which is why I did The Smell of Rain on Earth, because it reminded me of my time in India because of the monsoon. And, and I think that's one yeah. of the only natural notes that actually smells the same around the world. So the smell of rain on earth in England reminded me of my time in India because it was when it's a monsoon. Or if I go to Morocco and it rains there, it reminds me of being in England. You know, it kind of takes me back yeah. to all my little places that even in, in New York, I've been there when it's rained and it has that same, you know, that it's the smell of rain on pavements. And it's more rain on pavements in New York because not so yeah. much greenery unless you're uptown.
0: Right. So the two scents are one was your mother's perfume, one's the smell of Rain on on the ground when it hits. Those are beautiful. Yes. Okay. What's the best smelling food or drink
1: to you? I really love the smell of freshly made donuts. I just that surprised me. I don't know why, but that's a good smell. It's delicious. It's so delicious. It's so yummy. And and you know they do all these like other donuts nowadays, the Krispy creams and everything else. It just doesn't have that <laughs> yeah. same smell, does it? A bit yeah. Of a real kind of Jewish sort of you know, that yeasty, doughnut Doughy. Yeah. Doughy smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I tell you, there's another one that I really... I mean, I've got lots of smells that I really love, but I also really, really love the smell of Play-Doh. <laughs> Do you remember Play-Doh? Of course, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like a salty... I can't even... It's sweet and oh salty at the same time. Oh, my God, to eat
1: it? Exactly. Yeah. It's just yeah. yummy, and you just kind of get addicted to that note and that smell, and I loved... I like smells that are addictive. I think I have, you know, it's like when you said you smelled sea and you were, you said it was addictive. It's, I I love people to just smell yeah. it. Think, oh my god, I want more and more and more of it. It's exciting.
0: Yes, like donuts. Okay, yeah. what movie character do you wish you had created a perfume for? Like you've watched a movie and said, oh, I could have created that scent for whomever.
1: I th- I think it has to be Sean Connery in as James Bond, because. I kind of ah, had... Ah, okay. We,
0: Would
1: it because be I, it, Because it, it was a Mr. Vetiver that I did afterwards, you know, b- because it was after Sean Connery yeah. had played James Bond. I think Daniel Craig was probably playing him at the time after that. The Mr. Vetiver was literally, because Sean Connery as James Bond, my ideal guy. Just, you know, just so uh-huh. charismatically gorgeous. The gray suit, the Aston Martin, you know, just beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I wish I'd created... The James Bond, not the commercial perfumes they've got at the moment that say Bond on it, <laughs> but the original one for him. No, no, yes. I've
0: got you. And what's your favorite movie? Such a hard question, I know.
1: One of my favorite movies, only because I've probably watched it so many times. and I never get bored of it. And and I I think also because I I love watching it so many times with my children when they were little is The Sound of Music. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. My family, we watched that a lot, too.
1: With the Von Trapp family. And oh, my God. I, I could love, do all those songs in my sleep. I know. I used to sing all the songs in the car, taking them to nursery and pretending I was Julie Andrews. <laughs> but honestly, I've got so many. I mean, Excellent I love, pick. Excellent I love I love Quentin Tarantino films. I'm a big fan of Stanley Kubrick lynch tim burton i mean there's so many films i i'm a filmy person i just i love watching films but i love just you know and i've got a kids, so i like watching all the kids films as well batman and pirates of the caribbean yeah. all of them really
0: <laughs> last question i think you'll like this one if there was a movie made of your life who would narrate it
1: wow i would it be i suppose you kind of think it'd probably be a woman yeah. I mean, I th- I think only because I know her and I work with her as an actress and I love her voice is Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. I knew that. I knew the
0: answer already. The minute I asked the question, I was like, oh, she's going to say Helena. I knew it. I knew it. But it's perfect. It's perfect. And I just saw a nature documentary that she voiced and I didn't even realize it was her. And it was ah. such a good, I love nature documentaries and then I realized it was her, and I was like, she can do anything, can't she? She's such a chameleon with her she really craft is. and her talent.
1: She's amazing, and she's got that yeah. wonderful, distinctive voice and face as well. It's incredible yeah. to have that unique quality where, you know, she's, she literally does has her own beautiful presence that she gives, whether you see her or even if you don't see her.
0: Yeah. And she would add that to your movie of your life, I'm sure. Thank you for just, I mean, I could talk to you for hours and I'm sure our listeners could listen for hours, but thanks for spending a little bit of time with us here on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to uh, see you in real life.
0: We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com.
2: We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razawan One product review you or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at FatMascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the
0: podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, Soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.